We are Chartrandmates. The level of your iPod has already your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trapmate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. And my name's Mark Stamper. And my name's Paul Drinkwater. What? Bloody hell. Who's this? We've got an interloper in our midst. That's Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, Paul. It's good to have you back on the show, mate. Nice to be back. Oh, yeah, just about. It's not my fault you sent me on holiday and then broke the transporter. <laughs> <laughs> you always yeah. try and blame the engineers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But you always get the blame, don't you, Wayne? Yeah, no, no I've, I've been getting a bit of a hard time <laughs> as of late, but still... <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed you're not that. I noticed you get a lot of grief on Twitter <laughs> because <laughs> I've been I've been tweeting. I you have know. been tweeting. I know it's uh, it's scary. It's, it was quite a shock when you when you first showed up. Yeah. Well, tell me about it. I didn't know what I was doing. That's the thing. As soon as I saw you tweeting, I was like, Christ, they're right. The end of the world is coming in 2012. <laughs> it's the first <laughs> sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, you, you seem to be getting into it though. It does take a little while to sort of get used to what you're doing, but uh, they, yeah. They, they changed the layout on it today. Have they? Yeah, I used to have all the little lists down the left. And you could click it, and out on the right, it would come out, and it would show you what the conversation was. Excuse me, what the conversation was. And today it was changed. You click on it, and it sort of opens it up to the bottom. Wasn't impressed. Oh right, that's uh, yeah. They put that in a little while ago for most people. So I thought everyone had the new interface a little while ago. So yeah, everyone should have that by now. So I'm surprised you yeah. didn't have that right from the beginning. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, no, well, I've been... I never use the website. Use use an app. I yeah. couldn't. I've tried to download the app a couple of times. It just doesn't work. Mm, yeah, uh, you need. If you want a PC or a Mac, you need to get the older version of TweetDeck. I've used that for years and. Yeah, yeah I've I, I use Carbon on my phone as well, so I, I almost never go to the website. Well, I, I tried to download a couple of them, the old version, the new version, and none of them seemed to want to work. Sorry. Hello and welcome to Tweetcast. My name is Wayne Emery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're doing now. <laughs> my name's at Mark Tamper. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, this isn't a tweet podcast. It isn't, no. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll give Paul more advice later yeah. <laughs> on how to tweet correctly. <laughs> I'm guessing there, I think. Although there was a slight uh, misunderstanding with a pants comment, if I remember rightly. But I think we resolved that before it got... Uh, yeah. Yeah, too, it, out, too out of hand, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's the language barrier. Yeah. No, you've got to think. Actually, guys, I'll tell you what, I um, 
was on uh, Podbean, uh, like doing all of our uploading and everything. And I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll have a look because now <coughs> I've just upgraded the account again because we ran out of space. Um, uh, I thought it, now we can actually get like our stats worldwide, like who's actually listening to us and where. Oh, okay, number yeah. of downloads and stuff, yeah? Yeah, no, so cool. we get the number of downloads uh, before, but now I can see where people are. And we've got people listening to us in Japan. Really? Yeah, we've got people. I don't speak Japanese. We've got people listening to us. In Australia and New Zealand. Oh, I wow. think that. Yeah, we've got uh, South well, Africa. Mate. Yeah, we've got South Africa. Uh, uh, how do they say hello in South Africa? Hello. No, I, I can't do hi. it. Hi. <laughs> uh, we've also got the UAE, and okay. uh, uh, we've got uh, Egypt, Turkey. Uh, most of our listener base, though, is uh, in the UK, US, and Canada. Oh, lovely job. Well, yes. yeah, that's, that's great to have so many uh, international listeners. So uh, if you're out there and listening, then uh, drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Yeah. Very much so, very much so. Oh, but still, I suppose after... Uh, but other than that, Paul, uh, how have you been keeping? What have you been up to? Just work? Yes, yes, just work. Plodding along as usual. Yes. Good. Yeah. Mark, you been up to much? or? Uh, No, not really. Just work and stuff and... Uh, Doing stuff on the pod, really. Yeah, yeah, no, very exciting times, very exciting times. Also, getting closer to having the new website up and running. Yes, yes, absolutely, and a huge, huge, huge shout out to Adam House for putting that together. Um, we've, we've recently got access to the back end for putting content in, and it's not ready to go live yet. But I can assure the listeners, this is going to be something special. So. We really appreciate all your help, Adam. It really looks fantastic, Very and he used the so. and he's used the logo I designed as well, which is which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it it does look nice. It does look nice. Um, I'm sure there's a joke I missed in there about Wayne in the back end. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, mate. You're out. You're out of form. Yeah, I know. It'll okay. take another two or three podcasts before you're back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Starting on the bottom rung again. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't talking about my back end. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's bad enough that you do your podcast. The podcast in your box is yours. Ah, uh, mate, that's the thing. What what can't be seen doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I suppose after that bombshell, it's time for this. Time for Trek News on the Trekmate Podcast. Yes, it's time for the news. News so, time. Sorry. Yeah. No, don't, don't worry, Paul. You've been away for a little while. and Being excited is uh, perfectly understandable. <laughs> we just can't <laughs> stop you from singing, can we? No. <laughs> oh, good, because we're going to need you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, we yeah we've got something yeah really special lined up for you later. So uh, yeah, get your uh, voice warmed up there. Uh, me 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 la 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 la. <laughs> but still, before we hurt the listeners' uh, earbuds prematurely, uh, what have we got going on, Mark? Okay, so there's a nice little story I I picked up earlier in the week, and that's that Microsoft have uh, come up with what I guess what you could call a universal translator. Oh sweet. 
Now this is so exciting. This is really, really cool. So they've uh, they've invented a system that can automatically translate speech from one language to to any other language. Um, cool. Yeah, it's it's really good. It said they could help multinational businesses operate more efficiently and economically. Yeah. And it, they said it's free and easy to use. Free. Free. That's what it says in this story. I haven't actually linked through and looked at the technology, um, but yeah, they they just. Uh, they showed it off at one of their uh, tech fest events in Redmond last year, uh, last week. Sorry. So what it does, it relies on a translation engine in uh, Microsoft's Azure Cloud platform. So it's, I do a little bit of this at work, but yeah, they've got these uh, this technology in the cloud, and it relies on that, and it relies on input from users. And what they do, they pair up documents. So they have one in English and say French, and it can actually pair the two up. And over time, it can learn. The languages and uh, yeah, so it could lead to uh, a form of universal translator. No, no that's, that's brilliant. We didn't even need Hoshi. No. <laughs> oh no, that that is going to so yeah, it's so another, handy. It's another example of a bit of Star Trek technology that's uh, starting to come true. Yeah, perfect, absolutely perfect. Fits in with our topic of the week. It does. Oh dear. Uh, Still, have you got anything there, Paul? Uh, yes. Um, I've got new Trek merchandise, glassware and snow globes. Uh, for anybody looking for new Star Trek themed merchandise to add to their collections, two new lines have been, uh, have been brought out. Um, Vandor has three new products, including a mug, a travel cup, and a set of glasses. They do look nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, the mug holds 12 ounces and is decorated with the Star Trek logo and two USS Enterprise images. Mm-hmm. Um, travel cups acrylic, double walled, and also features the Trek, uh, Trek logo and the Enterprise images. And the set of glasses feature four different Star Trek characters. You get Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Scotty. And each glass has got a saying on it. So, for example, the Scotty one says, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but more information on the mug and glassware, which we sold in the US and Canada will be provided as more details emerge. So um, we'll, we'll have to ask old, um, what's her face? Oh, Pooh. Cena? Jacqueline or Cena? Jacqueline, uh, Jacqueline that's the one. Um, if she get, well, she's not going to get me one now, is she? I forgot. <laughs> <I'm like that. laughs> I, I tell you what, though, I'm a sucker for snow globes, and the Enterprise snow globe looks so nice. Really does, really does. It, it, that's tempting. There, yeah, that does look pretty cool. I must admit. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it worked today. I got, I, I was given a Star Trek mug. Oh, I oh. saw that. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah. So we've got yeah. a, a project at work, an IT project called Enterprise, um, not related to Star Trek. But everyone in, uh, in my department, in the IT department, we came in this morning. We had a Star Trek mug on our desks. It was like Brilliant. cool. And someone in the office didn't want this. Who says, "Oh, you like Star Trek? Do you want this?" It's like, yeah, of course I do. So I've got one at work and I've got one at home, which is, right. which is cool. really cool. That is very cool. I'll tell you what I got given uh, just at the end of last week was um, uh, my brother and sister-in-law were having a clear out of their house and they found something that they'd picked up at a car boot ages ago. It was an old Star Trek BBC uh, annual. Oh, I uh, saw a picture of that on Facebook. Yeah, from it was. Uh, I looked at the year and it's from 1968. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's still in really good nick. Really good, Nick. So it's uh, been quite a nice read. Yeah, excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll have to uh, tweet the pic on uh, our Twitter account. 
Yeah, yeah. Get, that, yeah get that put out there. Yeah, definitely. Now, we do have one other little bit of news. Okay. Yeah, we have one other little bit of news. Do you want to give us, give us that, Mark? Yeah, so the uh, Star Trek London account tweeted yesterday that uh, the event to be held in October, they've, they've given out some dates, and it is Friday the 19th to Sunday the 21st of October. I've so, off work. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've booked that. I've booked the Friday off work, so yeah. So a three-day event sounds to me like it's a little too short for an exhibition of some kind. That's the thing, because initially some people were thinking maybe it's going to be a permanent structure like the uh, it, Vegas experience. That's out the window. Yeah. And I don't th- yeah, it's too short for some sort. I didn't think it was going to be permanent, but I think it's too short for a tour. Uh, a tour. Yeah, you'd, it would be there for at least a couple of weeks, maybe the whole of the month. So rumour is rife out there. Um, it's but got, it's looking likely it's going to be a con. It's got to be a con. I hope it's a con. That's, well, that's, I hope it's not a con, but, you know, a convention. Not yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I tell you what, well, everyone knows that we've been uh, wishing and urging for a con to reach our shores for lo- uh, so long. And to have this information... and we actually get one. It looks that way. It looks that way. No one wants to like uh, edge their bets quite yet. But still, it looks so much like it's going to be a con. Yeah, so I think we're expecting more information over the next (coughs) weeks, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. And so if if these, and to be honest, if it is going to be a con, it's more than like more than likely going to be a creation con. Because uh, they they run all of the big ones in the US, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so it's more than likely going to be by creation. And also, seeing as it's Star Trek's 25th anniversary, we might get quite a few of the TNG uh, crew as well. Yeah. Oh, I do. Of course, and of course, Patrick Stewart lives in the UK, so... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Not to attend, then. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I'm just gutted on the dates because it hits... Pretty much when my new baby's going to be due. Well, I yes. hope you've got your priorities right. Yeah, I know. I've I've had a word with the wife. I might be you able to keep your legs crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays <coughs> out. I, I'm sorry, mate, but you know it is self-inflicted. You brought this on yourself. Yeah. I know. I know. It's it's all my fault. <laughs> Maybe Jacqueline and Cena are all right. <laughs> the good bit of news, I think I found a uniform. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I think I've got my uniform it's ready. It's not so. the Orion Slave Girl one that you showed me offline earlier, is it? <laughs> you, you, you can cut that bit, can't you, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my it's my uh, my later DS9 uniform that I wanted, and I think I've managed to track one down. Oh. So, uh, looking quite uh, quite looking forward to getting you'll that. To, you'll have to let us know what it turns out like, because if yeah. they are a, re- a decent seller, then I'd be tempted myself. Yeah, going to get one of those and pick up some uh, Vulcan points for my ears. So, oh, uh, I, I don't know. Where, would I want a little Bajoran nose ridge, or would I want the full Klingon headgear? Or a Klingon. You know you're a Klingon. You've always been a Klingon. Yeah, it would have to. I'd, be have to, I'd have to be a bit of a war. Obviously not Wolf, but uh, I'll be my own Klingon in Starfleet. Yeah. 
There's <laughs> enough room for two of us. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, now that is, that is so exciting. And I'm sure the weeks like coming before we get any more information uh, is just going to be rife with more rumours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's all over Twitter. There's people talking about it all the time. So yeah, and it's, yeah, hopefully it's not going to be too long before they uh, actually do reveal what's going to happen. Yeah, all of us UK fans were just chomping at the bit. Yes. So yeah, you know, watch this space. <laughs> as soon as we know, we'll tell you. <laughs> Oh dear. So um yeah, since that's uh, the news, let's go here. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Yes, time for the emails. And uh I, I we've got a few emails this week. Lovely. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll kick us off then. Okay, dokie. Okay. Dear Wayoon, Martok, and Ensign Pauly. What? <laughs> Martok. <laughs> Ensign Pauly. Yeah, yeah. It, I swear, it's it's the closest he could get to Paul. <laughs> oh, he or he could have gone to Paul. <laughs> to Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, Wayoon, love it. <laughs> Uh, appreciate the reading of the emails. It really does make listeners feel like part of the collective. Well, that, that's what we aim for. That's what we aim for. We we, we want to include everybody because without listening back from you guys, it would be a very different place. Yeah, it would be a very dull experience without the interaction with the listeners, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it would. It, because as much as we enjoy sitting here and talking track, uh, hearing from you guys does really add to the whole experience for us as well. It's like, it's like I said to you, Mark, uh, before you had joined us, you were, you thought it was a question of when people turn around and say how much it means to hear from people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. But when, you, when you're actually in this position and you do this week in, week out, you know, we spend, you know, probably a good four hours a week, maybe even a little bit more, putting, putting the two shows together, um, yeah. which is a fairly significant investment. But when people... When you when you do get feedback and people really like it, it, it does make all that effort worthwhile. Yeah, exactly, and and that's not even including stuff that we do on Twitter and the website. Oh yeah, Twitter and, and the website and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so no, it is nice to hear like positive vibes from you guys. Um, he also said you asked for my rating of the Final Frontier. I would give it a solid five pips, as I love the movies. Generations is my favourite, just because it's different. It, to be honest, I totally respect that. If five pips is what you'd give uh, Frontier, then, that's out of ten, is it? Yeah, that's out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So, so I he, he obviously acknowledges it's not uh, one of the top films. No. But still, uh, no, for, each to the, him, each it's solid. Own. Yeah. Well, each their own. Let's see. If we didn't, all, if we all like the same stuff, it'd be boring. It would. Yeah. Oh, okay. He also says, can't wait for the new movie and rewatch uh, and rewatched uh, Star Trek 2009 again recently. It is a start to finish, a roller coaster ride of an entertaining action film. What I like about it is that non-Trek fans want to see it, enjoyed it. Uh, uh, sorry, not want to. See it, went to see it, enjoyed it, and started talking about it. Star Trek is officially cool again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it really did reinvigorate the franchise, though I think they should have tried to make the gap between the two films slightly less. Yeah, four years is... Uh, I think we spoke about this last week, didn't we? And uh, a, Four years between movies is, is quite long. Because for, for us, yeah, that's absolutely fine. We're track fans. But for your casual uh, viewers, you want them to be as familiar as possible with the uh, uh, with the crew. Yeah, so yeah. I I think four years was quite a big gap. Hopefully, uh, Star Trek Two gets as much of a warm reception as it did that time round, because it really can, uh, I it, it can sometimes put people off that that it has been that long. Like they forget how much they enjoyed it, but still. Yeah. I'm sure it will do brilliant business, though. And he also says, but the true uh, Trek fan in me does hope that Abrams will reset the timeline at some point and link it it to the later generations. A Trek without Vulcan and Romulus. It can't happen, Jim, Jim, can it? Will they save the the universe? What are your thoughts on this? Now, Mark, I know the loss of Vulcan hit you big time. It did. Um, I thought it was a very, it was a very big and bold move, and it was. It maybe maybe it was what was required to try and kickstart the franchise, and I do have some issues with what they do in some of the movies and with some of the things in this movie in particular. Um, I think I'd never quite thought of it like that, but maybe he could. You know, I think we've we've had it confirmed there will be a third movie. Yeah. Um, Chris Pine's got the deal there, so he's going to get paid for it. So maybe maybe they could do that. Maybe they'll have some sort of time travel episode where they have to try and restore the timeline, even though it means that the previous sort of five or six years in their own lives are wiped out. So that could be an interesting well, idea. So they could stitch the timeline back up, mm-hmm. um, now, and everything pro- would be back to normal. The only problem I've got is that in Voyager. The old Watsits from the future who look after the time... Oh, this is probably an Enterprise, actually. Who yeah. look after the timeline came back to stop people interfering. That was, yeah, uh, that was Future's that was End. Yeah, yeah they gone bust Voyager. or something. Yeah, the, uh, the Federation time ships, don't they? Yeah, they, they come back and... Yeah, yeah. where were those guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering how many infractions on the... Uh, Time space continuum there has been, and them guys haven't uh, dropped by before. I reckon they've been made after. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think he was doing his job quite well enough, and I think he's been put on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only way to explain it. <laughs> and he also says, "I have a topic for you: star dates. Can you make any sense of them?" They had some sort of. Um, some sort of sense in the next generation. You could tell the season from the second number of the Stardate, so it would be Stardate 4-1, Stardate 4-2, Stardate 4-3, etc. for seasons 1-2-3. Um, I think in TOS, they were just random. TOS, random strings of numbers. And I think they did try to carry on. They did try to put some sort of system in for star dates there is uh, i never i never could quite get it myself but there's i think if you look on the trek fm website there's there's an article on there somewhere that discusses star dates but i don't think they've ever got this down to an exact science no i'll have a, i'll have a bit more of a look into it and see if we can get a firmer answer than that for you 
But yeah, no, it's something that we haven't actually looked into too deeply. Because especially with the original series, they would have just been winging it the whole time. Yeah, like yeah. they did with a lot of the, the things in the in TOS, didn't they? they? They just winged it and just did whatever they thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and he also adds, enjoying the show, keep going. Uh, and he also made another kind donation uh, as well this week. Uh, and he also puts uh, Live Long and Prosper from Tony Shelley. Oh, well, thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, thank you, Tony. It, yeah, it really it. does really does uh, make a difference. We uh, we appreciate not only the feedback, but also your donation as well. Uh, because if anybody does want to uh, help us out and give a donation towards the podcast, uh, we're putting out a special uh, pod in April. So uh, any of our donors will be receiving that exclusive pod. Just as a little thank you for like helping us out because it really does make a difference. It does, yeah. It really does. Uh, do you want to go next, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me have a quick look what I've got here. Um, this one says, Hey guys, or is that the fellow ugly bags of mostly water? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd drop a line to say I'm really enjoying the show. Recently started a new job, which means I'm now spending an extra hour a day commuting in the car. So I downloaded a few podcasts to listen to, including yours. It certainly makes the drive to and from work each day a lot more bearable, so thanks very much. Um, uh, v, Roman numeral, that's five, isn't it? No. Yes, yes, yes. it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the subject of Star Trek V, have you read or listened to any of uh, to William Shatner's autobiography? It's an excellent book, with lots of stories from outside the Trek universe as well. But the information about the final frontier just shows you how much he had to cut the film down from his original vision. Although I'm not that keen on it, and it really is the weakest of all the movies, it does give you a new perspective on the way the film, um, on why the film is the way it is. And also, puts, also, have you seen the Next Generation Blu-ray teaser disc yet? The episodes look amazing. I can't wait for the full season to be released. Yes. Anyway, have you seen them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I have. I haven't uh, picked it up yet, but yeah, I've I've, I've only watched the uh, encounter at Farpoint so far. Uh, had a quick sort of skip through, just bits and pieces, uh, and it looks pretty amazing. Cool. I have to say, they've done a really, really nice job. Uh, particularly, there's a few really nice scenes. I mean, the the bit at the end with the giant jellyfish thing, uh, they look amazing, much better. And the the bit in the holodeck. Where, oh yeah, where Riker first meets Data, looks yeah. superb. The vegetation oh. is so green and sharp; it looks amazing. It really does. So yeah, and I'm, you know, as I've, as everyone knows, TNG is my favourite series. So I cannot wait for all of those to come out on Blu-ray. Really, yeah. really excited for them. Excellent. Uh, but no, also to, to answer his other point, I haven't read uh, William Shatner's autobiography. No, it's, I it's one that I probably will pick up because I do like reading autobiography. So it'll be interesting to see uh, his views on our least favourite film. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. um, anyway, thanks for the read. It thanks for reading and keep up the good work. And that's from Matt Warwick, aka QB on Twitter. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Most yeah, appreciate. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Um, any, do we have any other emails? We do. We've still got two more. Oh, marvellous. Do you want to go next, Mark? Yeah, I'll go up next, yeah. Okay, so we have an email here from Cena. 
Hi, Zena. Hey, Zena. Hi, Zena. Thanks. Thank you for your email. And she says, greetings, Wayne and Mark. Paul, are you oh. back? Well, uh, hang on. Paul, are you back right. being stuck in the transport transporter buffer? If so, greetings to you too. Well, he is Hello. back from the transporter I'm buffer. <laughs> I wasn't in the transporter buffer. Wayne and Mark locked me on a planet. <laughs> <laughs> she says, welcome back. You have been missed. Oh, missed you too. Uh, thanks, guys, as usual, for the latest episode. It was interesting to hear about uh, Geek Tours and Larry Nemechek's involvement in creating a specific tour for Trek lovers. Made me wish I could sign up. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a brilliant tour. It is, yeah, it's going to be really, really lots of fun. Uh, and she goes on to say, I am quite evil, Mark, and I delighted that I was delighted that you were stumped. I'm sure Colin will agree with me. I knew yeah. you would get the doctor question. I'm a doctor, not a doorstop, however, because one, you had just watched First Contact... And two, that is such a good line. It is a brilliant line. It's a classic really, line. It's absolutely fantastic. Really uh, hopefully you will be stumped again. I'm, I'm sure she's got something in the bag I'm, for you, Mark. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got something lined up for me, haven't you? <laughs> uh, she says, thanks again for having Jacqueline and me on the supplemental for all our yesterdays. Well, and I'm really pleasure. sorry I missed that. Uh, that is a yeah. real shame, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can... We can get them back on again at some other point, so yeah, yeah. you can chat with them. That was that was lots of fun. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it was. It, it, I really enjoyed it. We're, we're more. We're just grateful that you're happy to do it as well. Yeah, it's nice to have people who actually want to come on the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so and it's so enjoyable uh, being able to discuss Star Trek with others who love it. Yes, it is. That's and, that's what we enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, she said, we were discussing Shades of Grey and how it's not a good episode. Can all three of you name two or three episodes for whichever series that you believe are really bad? Not including Shades of Grey, of course. Oh. Okay, so we'll have a little think about that. It would be yeah. interesting to see whether your listeners are with you or not. Look forward to your next pod, as always. Cena. Well, thank you, Cena. Yeah. Um, two or three bad episodes. Well, I can think of one... Yeah, if we come up with one each. TNG, Season 2, The Outrageous O'Connor. I, what was that one? That was... Probably blotted out of your mind. There's some sort of... Oh, uh, he's a sort of lovable rogue pirate type guy shows up. It's a really, really bad episode. Yeah. You might well have blotted out of your memory. Yeah, no, that one's, uh, that one's totally it's definitely gone. one to skip on the box set. Uh, well, I I am quite a, a I like to complete everything, so I will watch it when I start my TNG run. So I'll be able to give you my opinion. Okay, I think it's about second or third episode of season two, something like that. It's early in season two, and it's a bit of a stinker. Yeah, oh. that's my that's mine. Uh, Paul, I can't remember which one it was, but there was a Next Generation episode. I'm pretty sure it was in season seven, and I just thought it was bloody awful. It just seems to have no relevance at all. It was like the one that they just stuck in there to pass the time. But I can't think which one it was. I just remember there. I remember thinking about it the other day, thinking, "No, I didn't like that one." But uh, but now you've mentioned it, it's gone straight out of my head. So I'd have to have a ponder on that one. And uh, what happened? I yeah, can't what? remember. You can't remember. I, no, I can't remember any of it. All I can remember is just it was awful. Hang on, I'll tell you what. You keep talking, and I'm going to go and quickly grab the box set and see if I can find it. Okay. <laughs> what about yours then, mate? Yeah, I'm just trying to think because, to be honest, I'm very forgiving when it comes to 
uh, Star Trek. Like there are some episodes that some people think are absolute stinkers, like like Spock's brain. I didn't think was as bad as what a lot of people did. I didn't think it was quite that bad. Um, so oh, uh, I tell you what. What was the um, one episode, it's not an awful episode, but one episode from Next Gen that I was never that keen on was the one where um, uh, Deanna gets uh, pregnant. Uh, that is the child. Yeah, that one I was never that keen on. Yeah, I think is that that's that's again very early season two, isn't it? Something yeah. Episode one. Yeah, that's yeah. It's not the worst, but it's yeah, not it's, the worst. It's, it's pretty bad. That's the thing. I can't, off the top of my head, think of something that I was like, "Oh, that is absolutely crap." But yeah, no, for me that was probably up there. I've remembered it. Yeah. Yep. It was the Mayan one, masks. Ah, uh, yes. Now that is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just thought I, I could. I didn't think that was too bad. Oh, I, I thought that was. Okay. I thought that was okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a strong one. It's another one of them ones that is, it's not my least favourite, but I, I could understand why other people might not like it. Yeah. Because I think there was actually a, like a, a bit of a discussion on Twitter from Trekkie Girls. Yes, I saw that. that. So, yeah. No, I, can, I can understand <coughs> that. I can understand that. But, uh, no, thank you so much for getting in touch with us, Cena. Yes, thank you for your email. Yeah, no, always appreciate it. And we've got one more email uh, from Jacqueline. So, hey. hi, Jacqueline. And she says, hello, Wayne and Mark. Paul, if you're there, hi to you as well. Hello. <laughs> and she, uh, she writes, I only have time for a quick email this week. Uh, Terra Nova was cancelled. Guess I shouldn't hold my breath for the new episodes then. That is sadly how most sci-fi series have been ending lately. A a lot of vampire series are doing quite well at the moment, but she won't go into that, though. It's true. It's true. And that's the thing, we spoke about it at length last week, and it's scary how the sci-fi genre is going at the moment. Really is. Uh, And she also writes, Great news about uh, Trek London. Maybe you won't have to organise your own convention anyway. Well, fingers crossed if it is a con, it will give us something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And she also writes, uh, I would agree with Mark that Tuvok is my favourite Vulcan. So droll and sarcastic. My (laughs) kind of humour. Yeah. (laughs) Mine too. And she also writes, As always, it was great to hear another interview with Larry. And it was good having Taras. Uh, uh, I don't know how to spell his name. She writes that you did spell it right. It is T E R A S there to explain uh, about the general geekery. Sounds like their tours are really fun. It really does. It does sound amazing. Yeah, that does sound it, brilliant. Yeah, it really does. If anyone comes into any sort of money or feels the uh, need to fund Trekmate going on this tour, by all means. We will, uh, yeah, we'll we will make that sacrifice for the listeners. 
yeah. and join in on the tour and maybe do a podcast from the tour. So uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, do do chip in. I I, and, I tell you what, go. I tell you what, if someone's willing to do that, I I would, I would be willing to record a, a podcast per hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just a constant running commentary for 10 days. <laughs> Definitely. And she said uh, she had a great time recording the supplemental with you uh, and Cena. Uh, thanks again for invi- uh, inviting me. You're more than welcome. More than welcome. I'm, and I'm sorry I missed you both. Yeah, that's the thing. Paul will be grovelling for quite a while yet. <laughs> Trust me, Paul, with, with Cena and Jacqueline, it doesn't work quite that quickly. Well, they're women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, also uh, signs off, live long and prosper. So thank you very much for your emails. Uh, always appreciate it. It's, it's nice to have a full mailbag. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nothing better than a full mailbag. No. <laughs> and uh, seeing as we've heard from you guys... Uh, and I suppose it's time that we head on over to this week's Topic of the Week. And now it's time for the Topic of the Week on Trekmate Podcast. And this week we are talking about Star Trek technology. Yes, very very broad subjects. Uh, it is, yeah, and of course a very important subject in a in a in a series such as star trek yeah definitely so i think i think we might need a little bit of help so uh we need more help than you you told me <laughs> the subject was technology you didn't actually define star trek technology i've been going through the comic book for the last 20 minutes <laughs> looking at microwaves and fridge freezers. Yeah. <laughs> that's it paul, paul was bringing his betamax to talk about <laughs> what's a betamax we had one of them <laughs> I remember having one of those. That was our first video. It's, it's not the technology you find in the Argus book, Paul. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So uh, anyway, yeah, we've been in, <laughs> been joined by uh, Colin from Trek News and Views. Hello. Hi Colin. Hi, Colin. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Oh no, you're more than welcome. More than welcome. It, it, us uh, Brits have to stick together. I do indeed. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no. Star Trek technology. So, what do we reckon? Yeah, yeah, close that down. So what do we reckon is the most important technology in Star Trek? I know, I know what I'd say. Warp drive. Yeah, it's gone. Yes. Warp drive. Warp drive. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Now I've got a question. Okay. Off, off topic very quickly. In Next Generation. Mm-hmm. In, in Next Generation, they got, towards the end of it, they all got reduced to Warp 5 unless it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. Well, Deep Space Nine and Voyager didn't really give a shit, did they? No, they did, because in Voyager, uh, wasn't the nacelles, uh, the way that they fold up, didn't they design a special technology that would mean that they could travel at high warp without disturbing the um, yeah. uh, space? Yeah. Do you remember, ah, okay, do you remember I, the Next I, Generation episode when they... The woman described the warp drive to show that there was damage in the fabric of space. Yes. Yeah. That's where the intrepid class swiveling warp nacelles comes from. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. it's less That's of an impact. Correct. So you can have a smaller engine, smaller nacelles, so you're creating a smaller warp bubble, so you're doing less damage. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No. That's that one solved. 
Yes, okay. lovely. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh <laughs> uh, dear, because yeah, no, without warp, it would uh, it would take so long to bloody oh, it'd get be ridic- anywhere. It would it would be ridiculous. So I mean, even if you could travel at the speed of light, which Einstein says is impossible, let, but let's just say you could, or even 99% of the speed of light, it would take you four and a half years to get to the nearest star. Mm-hmm. And it would take you to get to Vulcan. I think Vulcan was about 15, 20 light years from Earth. So you can just imagine it. They just couldn't, you couldn't travel the galaxy without warp drive. No. It definitely. would just be completely impossible to, to achieve in that sort of time frame. Because with warp drive, uh, am I right in saying that the sense of how it works is it actually folds the space in front? No. Yeah, well, no. It, what it will it do, it compresses the space in front and it expands it at the back. So you actually, you are, you are warping space. It's not actually space folding. So you're warping the fabric of space. So you're able to travel from one point. Uh, you're not actually traveling at a faster rate um, because it is impossible to travel faster than the speed of light. But you're actually bending the fabric of space itself. So you're able to travel between two points in less time. But you're not actually traveling quicker than the speed of light. I tell you, I not su- in real terms. No, I suppose the uh, folding of space is more like. Um... Battlestar Galactica's jumping. Oh, the FTL drive. Yeah, that, I, yeah, it's FTL faster than light. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I would, the, the Sakarians on on Voyager they use space folding technology, didn't they? And they they could they could almost use like a transporter and they could beam to planets twenty, thirty thousand light years away, couldn't they? They used very. Oh, they were very the ones where they used the berries. Yeah. Yeah, they had very advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what was the, um, the the difference between warp and transwarp? Uh, transwarp was quicker. I don't know the exact difference, but they yeah, it was just a faster form of warp, I guess. Yeah, because that's what the, um, the Borgs used, wasn't it? Yeah. Transwarp. Yeah, the Borgs used transwarp. The Excelsior yeah, the... was a transwarp experiment, and you had the dinosaurs in Voyager had transwarp. Mm-hmm. That's the Voth, yeah. I love yeah. that. That's a yeah. really, really good episode. That really interesting uh, idea. Yeah, because they were—they're uh, the ones that were originated from Earth, weren't they? Just evolved yes. from the dinosaurs. Yeah, they were evolved yeah. from hadrosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, they seen the asteroid coming. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. boys, I'm off. Yeah, yeah got, got off. Really just going to build this spaceship. <laughs> because then also um, the. Uh, uh, what was it that they had on Voyager? The Delta Flyer had you know, quantum slipstream? Yes, they did experiment with that, didn't they? Because that's when, um, is, is that, did they use that and then, uh, Tom and, uh, the Janeway reverted back to, is that the one that no, they No, 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 that's when they hit warp 10. That's yeah, when they hooked. Oh, that's right. No, that was the one problem. where they, um, the where Harry Kim and Chakotay cr- crashed it. Yeah. Well, they didn't crash it. Well, it was it was Harry's fault. Yeah. Diana wasn't even driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. I was thinking of a different, uh, the other episode. Yeah, they crashed on the ice planet. Yes. yes. Timeless. Oh, that's a, Timeless. Is it? It's a good episode. That we need yeah. to review that one. That's a brilliant. And this, episode. The slipstream their technology they got for that was off. Uh, the alien that tried to trick him into going to the Borg. <coughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. Yes. That was. Uh, yes. What was he? Called? Nice ship. Yes. Yeah, had brilliant the, ship. It was uh, the Dauntless. It was called, I think, wasn't yeah, it? But it was yeah. really his ship. Yeah. It was, and it was just a massive hologram projector. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually, I actually thought about that. I, I had the idea for a starship, and I thought if we had a possible new series set a little bit after Voyager, that'd be really cool if you could have a semi-holographic starship. It would obviously be a physical ship. It couldn't all be holographic, but mm-hmm. the entire interior could be one giant holodeck, so you could reconfigure the bridge or reconfigure certain portions of the ship as you needed to, so if you needed more consoles in during battle, mm-hmm. you could just uh, you know fire up and you could have extra tact- tactical stations could appear. And they That's could quite a cool idea. I thought that would be really, really cool. Obviously, there would be key elements on the ship which would be real, so you'd have the warp core would obviously have to be real. But the actual interior of the ship could be holographic, so... Well, that did do something similar to that, didn't they, Yeah. Someone's crew quarters wouldn't necessarily have to be a physical room. They could walk in and it could be a forest. Um, I thought that I thought that would be really cool for a series if, if they uh, they could do that with a ship, have a holographic ship. Yeah. But they, they did do something similar to that on Voyager when they did the holographic projectors. And uh, the year of hell when uh, Tuvok was blind. Yes. And when yes. he comes up, he says, activate, um, I can't remember what it was called, an inter- something interface. Yes. And the console changed because he was blind. Yes, that's right, yeah. That is clever. That is very clever. It, because um, speaking of blind people and technology, obviously um, one bit Geordie. of technology, yeah, Geordie's visor. Dead the handy. Yeah, the, the old Alice bands. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, it's very clever. It, it, it is very clever, but I just found the whole idea of that a little ridiculous. That someone in the twenty fourth century that they couldn't cure blindness. I just thought this is you've just in you've just made this up for the sake of it, and you haven't really thought about what technology would be in the twenty fourth century. The well, medical technology they had was so advanced that surely they could repair blindness. Well, not just not even if they couldn't cure it, you'd think there would be like um, artificial eyes. Well, Geordie got artificial yes. eyes in um, in First Contact, didn't yes. he? Yeah, yeah, but they weren't they weren't real eyes though. He still saw a lot of the le- the electromagnetic spectrum, so they would just be able to, surely they'd be able to produce either through cloning or through some other technology, but eyes that would see just like a human does. I know Geordie saw better, but, but also, he, I think he says himself, "I see more. I don't see." You know, I, don't I don't see what men, you do, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to see what a human saw, so why couldn't they have just given him normal eyes, even if they were android implants or cloned or, or, or whatever? Um, yeah, because there's that bit in Insurrection where he's standing on the hill and he says, I've never seen a sunset like you do. Yes. Yeah, which is quite a nice moment. It really yeah. is. But also, with regards yeah. to Paul uh, making the point that he, uh, he had that uh, he did get the... Uh, uh, like artificial eyes after uh, doing that. You never know, the visor might have been only what was given out on the NHS and he had to pay for it <laughs> privately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Brilliant, love it. Love it. But, uh, I'll tell you, with... Well, he eyes... was American though, weren't he? So he? Maybe his insurance weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I t- uh, with um, Geordie's visor, though, I think they used it sometimes a bit too much as a plot device to get out of situations. I don't oh, yeah. go whack off Geordie's visor, yeah. hook it up to this, it'll be fine. Yeah. There was a lot of that, I must say. 
yeah, yeah. They, they also used him as uh, it's on the episode interface where he he's in control of the probe and it goes down into the gas giant. I think that's that's the episode where Geordie's mother goes missing, doesn't she? A starship, <coughs> excuse me, oh, a yeah. starship disappears in the, in the atmosphere of a gas giant planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it's also just, yeah, yeah, they just hook him up to something and yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the faux pas in Generations, though, uh, where Sauron um, uses his visor to see the ship's shield configuration. Yes. And when they're seeing it on the monitor, it's normal vision. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, how does that work? Unless uh, unless it was a tiny little camera he just implanted inside, but yeah, would have thought they would have... Yeah, but you would have thought you could, spotted that, wouldn't you? You could maybe say that the actual uh, device does read things exactly how they are. It's only the like input nodes in Geordie's head that can only translate it as certain uh, as, like colours and aspects, maybe. Well, yeah, it's like humans only seeing three colours. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so maybe, maybe it's just the way that uh, Geordie's implants... Like translate that information that makes it so it's uh, different, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, it is a bit of a hole. Because we, what is we <laughs> see red, red, green, and blue, and then the brain combines them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just, just like a TV signal. Yeah. But, but it, well, a TV sees the same way that humans do because humans invented a device that can display things the way that we see things. So obviously, yeah. a TV is the same as the human eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Exactly. So what would uh, what would you say is the second most important piece of technology? <clears throat> Life support. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but life support's just a. Okay. I think, I think if you're gonna I think if you're gonna go for warp drive, the second most important for traveling through space is uh, structural integrity field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the deflector, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the structural integrity or the deflector, yeah. Because, because otherwise, when you hit light, light speed, you're going to be on the back wall in a big red mess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. where you want to be. Yeah, because no. of course, the deflector, if, yeah, like you say, if you're traveling at warp speed and there's a, a microscopic piece of dust, it would just blow half the ship away at the speed yeah. you're traveling. And inertial dampeners would, yeah, you go to light speed and you, you just end up as a pizza on the back wall of the ship, so. Yeah. Yeah, oh, because I did, I did read on um, a website that a, a, a flag of paint travelling around Earth is enough to punch out the International Space Station. Yes. Yeah, and absolutely. The International Space Station travels at 16,000 miles an hour. Yes. So, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite so you, exactly so you, so light you get speed. Up, you get up to light speed and even beyond light speed. Well, it's, it's probably okay when you go into warp because you, you could, yeah, you could bend the fabric of space, but... You get up to light speed, you know, you're travelling at 250,000 kilometres a second, so, yeah, even a something the size of a few atoms hitting the ship could probably just obliterate it. Yeah, well, even impulse, because uh, yeah, best, how best of both impulse? worlds, uh, well, in the best of both worlds, when the Enterprise came into Earth's solar system, Riker says to Wesley, how long till we get to Earth? And I think he says 26 minutes. Mm. So that's 26 right. minutes from... I presume the Oort belt to Earth. Yeah, well, that's and, still way beyond the speed of light. Yeah. Because even if you get out to Pluto, it's like light hours away, so impulse must be well beyond the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah. I never realised impulse was quite that quick. Yeah, I thought it was always below light speed, but yeah, if it's 26 minutes and you're 
Even if you're at Jupiter, you're still probably right. about a light hour away. So, yeah, but if you're way mm. out on the very edge well, of the sun. Archisite's in broken mode, only Neptune in back in four minutes. Yeah, he does. He does. That's pretty quick. Neptune and back in four minutes is, is, yeah, shorter than a lot of bus journeys, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because. I don't know if he was referring. No, I think he was, was he referring to Warp when he said that, though. No. I can't I remember. I don't know. Can't remember. I don't. Even though it's pretty damn quick to Neptune yeah. back, isn't it? Even if it is like, what was it? Warp four was their cruising speed. Yes. Yes. So. Neptune back four minutes at walk four. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good going. No, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. Because oh, yeah, I never actually realised how much of a, a vital role, like when I was a teenager watching Star Trek, the, uh, the flex dishes really did pay, uh, play. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because yeah, the ship would just be completely destroyed without it. I so just used to think it looked just, nice. Yeah, but it just pushes all everything out of the way as it moves through space just to get all of the atoms and everything, just deflect it away from the ship, because it would just vaporise the ship. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Oh, yeah, but still... But then uh, you got the question, where's the Romulan deflector? Yeah. Could it be built in? Some other, well, they yeah. use a quantum singularity as a warp drive, don't they? So maybe that does something. Yeah, it might be a repelling field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, could it actually be built into the shields uh, on the ship, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, because, uh, so, what would, uh, okay, then, in that case, with all of the, like, necessary uh, uh, pieces of technology, what w- what's the one piece of technology that you would want to take away from? Replicator. Or the holodeck. I would say replicator or holodeck. Oh yeah, actually. Because I think actually, I've thought about this and I think if we ever invent it, I think either a replicator or a holodeck would be the last thing that mankind ever invents. Yeah, because then everybody would get fat and lazy. <laughs> well, once you've got that, what else do you need? You've got a holodeck and a replicator. Yeah, transporter, yeah. I don't think you'd need it. I think once you've got a holodeck and a replicator, that's it. You know, that would just be the end of, of all human creativity. If, if we, if we were at our current level of development, obviously in Star Trek they're a little more highly evolved, but, but yeah, personally I, I would love to have a holodeck. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. The, the realms are, uh, absolutely endless. I, I would never get anything done. No, I wouldn't. Would, you, 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 that would be a whole new world of counselling. <laughs> I mean, you know, you saw what happened to Barclay. Yeah, yeah, but imagine that if you if you're so unhappy with your work life or whatever, you can literally go and create a world where everyone loves you and <laughs> you but don't that's need what second life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't leave it. And people yeah, go of... people go into second life and they they spend hours and hours and hours. Yeah, and things like World of Warcraft as well, and they'll yeah, spend and they the just whole... lose complete lock, lock, complete lock of time. Yeah, and before they know it, they've been on it ten hours. Yeah, 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 and exactly. they lose they lose some sort of grip on reality as well, don't they? Because yeah. it's like with that second life, you, you you do occasionally read cases of people getting so addicted to it, like they neglect their child to the point that it starves to death. And yeah. is this an actual thing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's an it's, online it's, game. It's, I've never it's heard scientifically, of that. Uh, you actually get counselling for it now. Yeah, 
<laughs> but still, that's the thing. At, at least in the holiday, you could uh, like create a nanny <laughs> to look after your kid whilst you're playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what if your nanny's giant boy? I would. Because <laughs> she did play that, though. She did. That was a really odd storyline. That why on earth would Janeway want to play a nanny? That was something. It was really that weird. That didn't make sense at all. It made no sense. I think the Leonardo da Vinci on one the made sense. It did, yes, because you could imagine that. Yeah, she'd want to talk to someone like that. But her being a nanny in sort of 19th century England or whatever it was, it was no. just what? No. Yeah, yeah, made no sense whatsoever. No, not at all. So what? Why? What would be the program of choice? On the holodeck, apart from oh. Riser, five girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we all know it. Yeah, Orion's five girls on Riser. <laughs> oh dear, but it... I don't know. That's that's a tough question. Um, I think I'd like something like Captain Proton, just something really wacky and fun. Where you could go on these sort of Buck Rogers style adventures, I think that would be really cool. Or like the James Bond adventures that uh, Bashir oh, had. Oh man, Bashir! Yes, I think yeah. something like that would just be really fun to have. But it would also be nice to just be able to generate a nice forest scene or or whatever, and just you know chill out. But a, a nice fun adventure like James or Bond. Or something eighteen rated. Well, that's yeah. what Jordy did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Leah Brahms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Mark, I remember. <laughs> yes, you remembered that one, yeah. yeah. I mean, Data got more action than Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is fully functional. Oh, yeah. And yeah you can say he's actually, like, you know, carnal knowledge of a queen. <laughs> yes, and, and of Tasha Yar, yeah. So he, he, yeah. he, he got it twice, and I don't ever remember Jordy having a confirmed, uh, confirmed. encounter. And then counter, not with a real we... person, no. No, not with a real person. Oh, but um, I tell uh, I tell you what though, that brings up an interesting point. One piece of technology that we've totally overlooked: data. Oh yeah. Yes, I Android. guess. Yeah, he is. A, he is a piece of technology. Um, and of course, it, yeah, he's a piece of technology, but he is also well. He was Same regarded thing. as a, he was regarded as a life form. Of course, in yeah. season two, yeah. he had to he had to prove that in the measure of a man that he he was he had the right to determine his own uh, destiny and that he wasn't the property of Starfleet. But yeah, he, yeah, absolutely, he is a piece of technology. And I tell you what, how annoying would it be if suddenly your PC starts like claiming uh, that it, it it's not going to perform what you want because it's a sentient being? I'll say bollocks to you then. I'm going to unplug you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you got to remember the Enterprise D gave birth. It did, yes. It did, it, yeah. yeah when was that? What episode was that? That was in... It was God. that orange thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looked like a, a load of pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 I remember now. It's in season seven, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a really bad episode. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty ropey. I can't remember the name of it now, but yeah. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Oh, because um, but I said what make what's interesting is all of this technology was thought of in the 60s, in the 80s, and so much of it we're already seeing flourishing now. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing bits of that starting to uh, 
to come to life, aren't we? So, yeah, the iPad looks a little bit like a pad. It, well, it works pretty much in exactly the same way if you've got it hooked up to 3G as well. Yeah, yeah if you've got any L cars on it like I have, it looks brilliant. <laughs> oh, it looks lovely. Really does. Yeah. Really does. I... The only reader you want, folks, L cars reader. The only one you want. <laughs> and also, uh, but then, as well as that, there's also new medical scanners and yeah, hypo less... sprays as well. Yeah, Leicester University is working on a diagnostic bed. Yes. And there's an American company that's working on a tricorder. Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a whole challenge around that, isn't there? Yeah, there's, two, there's can, three companies who, writing for it. Yes, who can come, who can diagnose. They've got certain criteria, things that they have to diagnose or be able to sense, haven't they? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've got a little competition going for that. Which yeah. Is, yeah, the Australians are working on a teleporter and they've Brilliant. got a proton so far. Yes, but that's pretty much all they can do at the minute because, yeah. well, I guess that gets us on to transporters. And, um, well, modern science tells us that they're impossible because of the the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So it makes them pretty much... Current science says it's impossible. And it's pretty hard to figure a way around the uncertainty principle, I think. Plus, we've had a debate that you end up, actually end up coming out a completely different person. Or dead. Yeah, I, I yeah there's always that. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer... I don't know if you listen to that one, Colin, but I'm a firm believer that when you go into the transport, where it, like destroys all of your molecules to then like save them as a computer program, sends it over and you rematerialize. I'm sure that would have killed you and then you've just reappeared with a new consciousness. Well you have, because Thomas Riker wouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it basically it's it's the I just we had a discussion with this uh, which we didn't record, we had a discussion about it. And basically what I said it was it's it's a it's a photocopier. Yes. And you put a copy on the top, it scans it, and then prints it out. And then destroys the original. And then destroys the original. Yeah. yeah. That's the simplest way to put it. Yeah, I would never step into a transporter, ever. I would just call you McCoy then. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, I, I think I'd probably agree with that. I'd be, yeah, that's alright, I'll take the shuttle. That's that's fine with me. <laughs> that's fine, it only takes me four minutes to get to Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's quick enough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's not just invented a transport, though. You've got to invent the Heisenberg condensator as well. Yes, of course. That's the, that's the classic line where they had um, uh, they had a scientist visit uh, the set, the and, he, and yeah, and he says, uh, "So tell me, with the transporters, how do the Heisenberg compensators work?" And the writer said, "Very well, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Akuda told that story, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How does it work? Very well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But uh... of course, the transport was interesting because in the original series, it was only invented because they needed a way for the crew to get from the ship to the surface of a planet without them having to go to the expense of creating shuttlecraft models and filming all of those shots. Yeah. So they invented that as a as a, a quick way to get around that. The fact that it was cheap, you could just put them there, have a little flashing light effect and they would have just appeared on the surface of the planet. <laughs> Which, yeah. uh, Even the way that the flashing light effect was done on the tube. Yes. Yeah. No, I I honestly don't think it, it, I don't think it's something that I would 
ever. It would be the last piece of technology that I would want to use. I I, I wouldn't touch your barge bar. No, I don't think I don't think I would. I'd rather sit there in my holodeck <laughs> <laughs> and pretend to do it. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I I tell you what. I'll I'll put on a flashy effect on the holodeck and just step to my left. <laughs> oh dear. But still, uh, also um, uh, another piece of technology: phasers. Yeah. Which uh, is obviously. Yeah, well, they're they're bringing out all the lasers and everything now, aren't they? You got all like the laser technology and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they've, they've been working as well on. Uh... Stun type weapons, haven't they? They're not. I don't think they're they're not phaser or laser based, but they do have weapons that they can they electromagnetic that they can fire at people and they will stun you a yeah. little bit like a taser, but without the cables attached. So they're obviously working on what they call non-lethal weapons. But then, yeah. so with the phasers, though, I I had never quite understood how it would work in the sense of I would have thought that phasers would always leave some form of burn mark. On the uniform. Yeah, you think it's all on the skin? Because I would have thought it would actually be uh, like powerful enough that if it's powerful enough to knock you out, it should at least give you a little burn. Oh, yeah, I mean, like when they shoot. I guess with I rubber... guess it's it's a low powered laser, and it just it just stimulates nerves or or whatever, and just knocks you it's out like, somehow. It's like the rubber bullets the police use. They don't kill you, but they don't leave a bruise. Oh yeah, they're gonna, that's going to leave a nasty mark, isn't it? You get hit yeah. with one of those things, yeah. Mm. There's a there's a problem with the design of the Pfizer, though, in, in the fact that you've got to actually maintain target lock. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the the, the phase pistols that they're using in Enterprise, you could fire a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam was said Klingon disruptors and that you can fire a move. Whereas with the, the Federation phasers, you've got to maintain target lock. And also, everyone who uses it for some reason has to pose for two seconds before firing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freeze, smile, fire. Yeah. They're, just, they're just making sure the red shirt's in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> you do feel sorry for the red shirts. No. They got their moment of fame. <laughs> uh, but, uh, do you... Uh, Subscribe to the belief that the red shirts are um, uh, the grunts from like the, uh, Enterprise. Like, uh, you know how uh, on Enterprise they... Um, oh, the Makos. Yeah, the Makos. Yeah. Whether they were just a progression of uh, the Makos became the red shirts in the TOS. Yeah, because uh, the Makos served the purpose in Enterprise because that was going into what was basically a, a designated combat situation. Yeah. Whereas you wouldn't necessarily carry a combat unit on an exploration mission. Mm, true, but if you was doing long-term exploring, you might have the need for uh, some form of uh, like the military of that sort of kind. Yeah, well, I think they, I think they evolved into like a paramilitary police force. Mm. Because that's security. That's their designation is security. But if they're going to go into a combat situation, then that's the people who are being down. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Uh, but still, also, uh, 
we spoke about the Romulans, but we never even spoke about their cloaking device. Oh yeah. yeah, and and this is a piece of technology that they're starting. They've, to... they've been working on something similar to this for a number of years, haven't they? And they've they've sent out. I've seen news articles, and they've got someone standing there, and they've got a coat on them, and you can. I mean, it's not perfect, and it wouldn't be at this point, but you can almost see around them, and this this thing has sensors all around it, and it's able to project what is behind it from the front. Yeah, if you're wearing this jacket, yeah, it's projecting what what is behind the person from the front, so it looks like they're almost invisible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's Brilliant. only a matter of time before that becomes, you know, you could have uh, like in the movie Predator, you could just press a button and it just vroom, clo- cloaks yeah. your body, and it's just like a sort of small ripple or a small outline. A bit like yeah. the Jem'Hadar. Yeah. Yeah. Or like James Bond's car. Yeah. Uh, and that that is a full piece of technology. That would be. Also, I mean, we're not we're not far off it now because we. I mean, at the moment you've got stealth technology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Invisible from radar. So, yeah, that is the next logical step, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That would have been so handy in senior school. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, with yeah. the lights. <laughs> sneak into the back. Which we class. regularly were with Wayne. And Paul, I'm never late. <laughs> Oh dear! You're also never early, <laughs> or this... on time. <laughs> no, that is a slight exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! But still, so with, uh, with regards to, I, I, I just can't believe that after only that twenty years or so, so much of this technology is already in its infancy. Yeah. Give it another I don't, I don't think we're ready for cloaking technology. No, and I, I, I don't think. You know, it's just, it's just plowing money into weapons research, isn't it? And yeah, let's just yeah. not. And if, if let's you not do it, a... let's let's plow money into something that's actually going to have some sort of peaceful application. Because there's no that I can think of. There's no peaceful application for things like uh, phasers or or cloaking technology. It's all warfare, and it's it's a waste of resources, in my opinion. But. And the other thing with cloaking technology is if you did get a personal cloaking technology, you can guarantee it would be used for criminal activity. Well, of course, oh, yeah, there's, no, there's no other possible use for it. Buying there's no it. legitimate peaceful use no. for that sort of technology. It's combat and... And, uh, and spying. And spying and criminal activity, that's it. Yeah. And but, sneaking in late into school. But the thing is, I really don't think that uh, as a society... Uh, we're nowhere near ready for any of like the uh, like changes that uh, that Trek like proposes to us. But just because we are a race that is constantly driven by uh, greed. by greed and also yeah. just war, that's the thing. It's like people are they build their military in case someone attacks them, and then if another country's building a nuclear uh, facility, we don't like it, so we go one. over there and then <laughs> like declare war and try and get in there and stop them. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is there is that ethos that uh, war is the mother of invention. Well, the, yeah, there is that, and I, yeah. But, but there, I, there I also is... think that there is you got to give us some credit. I mean, we do strive to know, and if it wasn't for that striving to know, we'd still be living in caves. Yes. Yeah, we've just figured out better ways of killing people. Along the way, yeah, 
but we've yeah. also we've also done some remarkable things with technology. Oh along, yeah, along the way. I mean, you look at the internet. If it wasn't for the internet, now we wouldn't be talking to each other. That's no, true. you wouldn't no. be podcasting. We'd be podcasting via letter, wouldn't we? Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't really the same. Yeah, you know. So we have come. I mean, the invention of the automobile. Okay, okay, that's changed people's lives. The airplane, you can now you can cross fourteen thousand miles now in a day. Yeah. So some technology is good. Not all, but some. Oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm not yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not saying. You know, but technology has got us into some of the trouble that we're in. I would. Oh say. yeah, without a shadow, but that goes back but to human greed. It does, but I also, I, I've also firmly, always firmly believed that technology will also save us if we apply it correctly. That technology will allow us to solve the problems we have as well with the environment and yeah, but that's yeah, as be lo- global. As lo- it does have to be global. I'd agree. So there is obviously social change required there as well. Yeah, because and that's, and that's the thing that they've managed to perfect in, in Star Trek. They have the technology, but they've also unified as as you know as one race, as as one planet Earth to to solve problems. But then which also, go, which goes back to um, the ability to travel quickly to places. Because then, like Starfleet headquarters is in San Francisco, yeah. United Federation of Planets headquarters is in Paris. It is, and you can go from one to the other in a blink of an eye. Yes, which which helps with proper globalization. Yes, if it can be anywhere at any point, then yeah, yeah. And, we, and we are getting there. You know, with mobile phone, you know, twenty thirty years ago, you could you wouldn't have conceived you can just hold a small device in your hand and I can speak to. Well, not anyone on the planet, but I can speak to what any one of about two billion people on the planet if I just type in a eleven, twelve digit number, and I can yeah. talk to anyone. And through the internet, I can talk to millions more, just as I'm talking to you. And you can even see them as well through the internet. So it is only a matter of time, you know, that, yeah. that is contributing towards globalization. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time if transporters or something, some other form of high speed travel evolves that. Yeah, globalization will become more, much more yeah. reality. Well, even, even if they can get if they can get the scamjet to work, then you're talking uh, London to uh, Sydney in two hours. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty which is pretty damn quick, isn't it? You're yeah. back to almost uh, to Earth uh, Earth to Neptune in four minutes, aren't you? you, you you're getting there slowly. Yeah, but then, steps. but I I I think that uh, Star Trek might have hit it on the nail that. We're probably destined for another world war because, before we figure it out. Because it, it, it's when you get into them awful situations that, at the end of the tunnel, it, it, that we might be able to say, "Look, we're either going to destroy ourselves, or we can try and get on." Yeah. Well, there's a finite amount of resources on the planet. Yes, and at um, the moment where. We're using the resources wrong. So yes, at some point there will be some massive global struggle yeah. over the resources we have. It might and it be over will, something as, as trivial as water. It's mo- most likely to be water, absolutely, yeah. because oil. There are altern- There is no alternative for water. We need water to survive. You know, oil you can do without, but w- yeah, fresh water. And it will happen. There will be a massive global crisis over this. And you're right. It'll come to a head, and we will reach that brink of destruction. Well, we'll either go over it. Um, and in which case, well, you know, we're gone, and it's up to the ants to uh, repopulate the earth, or mm-hmm. we'll we'll go over that we'll go over that brink, and uh, we'll come through the other side better for it. But 
it's a, I think that's probably a sad fact. As much as I wouldn't want that to happen, I mm-hmm. think that sort of thing is quite likely. But then also, yeah. uh, I, I think if we did, uh, the only thing that could avert that sort of situation is if we had some form of outside source from extraterrestrials. Uh, like if if suddenly an alien turned up and announced like yeah we're here, then that would change everyone's perspective. I mean they're not. It, it could do. I thought it was there. <laughs> what was what was Area Fifty One then? Well, Damn. yeah, they're here and they're abducting people, aren't they? Yeah, that's the, no, that's the thing. yeah. They, they need. I, but utter nonsense that is. Oh no, that was the Ferengis, weren't it? Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. I, I subscribe to that. We probably have been visited, but uh, it, they probably saw what we were like and pissed off. Well, they did. Quarkrum and Nug buggered off, didn't they? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We could be running this planet in a few days, and then they thought, Nah, actually, we won't bother. That's not worth it. No, because it, and also it depends who you say hello to. Because if you get anyone official in America, they're just going to keep you to themselves and not yeah. tell anyone. I think any government would, to be honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think any government, if they had advanced alien technology, they would keep it for themselves. Yeah, but in this day and age, though, if some, if a new alien came now, it, and they was greeted by members of the public, it would only take minutes before the whole world knew. Um, would it though? I mean, you, you, take, take Roswell. Alright, it was 1947. But when it happened, it went round like a wildfire. It was aliens, and then the cover story was it was a crash weather balloon. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watched, I don't know if you guys watched it, Roswell. That was on, I think it was BBC Four last year. The, the they, movie with Carl McLachlan. Or yeah. Was it a, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't seen yeah. it. I didn't watch it last year. I saw it a few years ago. Good, good movie. Yeah, and he actually had. It was more of a docu movie, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. And he had real life uh, transcripts. And the one bloke actually said the, the debris was spread over a quarter of a mile. Mm-hmm. Now, a weather balloon wouldn't spread debris over a quarter of a mile. No, it'd just go down. It wasn't a weather balloon. No, neither exactly. Was, neither but that was, was it a cover a, story. Yeah, but neither was it an alien spacecraft. No, it was probably a test plane. Yeah, it was a test plane, and they, they were yeah. doing high altitude test flights, and they were testing. Uh, Sort of, I don't know what they call them, but they are high altitude balloons, and they were trying to detect Soviet nuclear explosions. But they weren't, they weren't going to say that. Say, so, oh yeah, it's a weather balloon, and they just come up with some ridiculous story. But yeah, but that's what sort of the. It's like now you've got the Aurora uh, aircraft, which is the triangle aircraft. Yes, the one that's that been seen for years. Everywhere. Hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and they're supposed to be testing it in Scotland, in this country. Yeah, yeah. but there's no official government line on it. But which, and you had the same thing with the F-17. You had the same thing with the B-2. Yeah. There's no official government line. It wasn't until they was physically seen and photographed that it says, oh, yeah, we've had that for 10 years. Yeah. Which makes so, you think, oh, yeah, we've had this for 10 years. What have they got now that we haven't seen? Well, yeah, when we look at the Comanche helicopter. The invisible planes, you can't see them because they're invisible. Exactly. And you've got the Skunk Works in America, which is working on things that are so top secret that if you ain't got past the getting there, you ain't coming back out. Yeah. So, so now I think any government that got its hands on alien technology would definitely keep it for itself and wouldn't tell anyone. Ours included. Oh yeah, yeah, we're no different. Mind you, we need the help anyway, so there you go. 
slight direction. Slight, slight direction. direction. I think if Quark landed in, in, in Birmingham, we'd be up in light arms. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, as long as he hasn't got uh, Nog there to like ruin it for him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. But still, I suppose that's, um, that's time on this week's topic of the week. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, that, that was... Uh, that, only, only a few small digressions there. Only a small... Yeah. yeah <laughs> we've solved the world water crisis. Yes. Um, <laughs> we've discussed alien uh, alien Invasion. visitations, yeah. Yeah. We never even touched on Stephen Hawkins and his black holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. What, what Don't get Wayne started on black holes. <laughs> oh, dear. No, uh, no, I can't tell that joke. It's far too rude for the podcast. <laughs> Something about black holes creating Milky Way, so... Still. No, no, don't go any further. <laughs> no, that's that's quite enough. <laughs> Tell me when we're off the air. Yeah. Don't forget you've got to go out track radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think that can be broadcast at 10 in the morning. No. <laughs> Someone might choke on the cornflakes. <laughs> oh, I did, but still, thank you very much for joining us, Colin. My pleasure. Yes, yeah. thank you, Colin. It's been great yeah, to talk thanks, to Colin. you. And yeah, keep those uh, Stump the Quizmaster questions coming in. And uh, obviously for any of our listeners that haven't found Colin's podcast, they, uh, it's called Trek News and Views. Yes. Um, where can they find you, Cole? Uh, iTunes, uh, Podbeam and Stitcher. Excellent. And you're also on um, Twitter as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the official track, uh, the official web uh, Twitter account is Trek News Views. Take the end out, basically. Um, my personal one is C-O-L-M-H-0-1. Excellent. And uh, I have to say, really enjoy your podcast. You really... You. Uh, I have. To, uh, I wish I'd found your podcast before I started playing uh, Star Trek Online. It would have saved me so much time. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Colin gives, uh, gave some brilliant tips when he done oh. a, when he done an a online special. Really oh, good. Oh, so yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Colin. And now it's time for this. And now it's time for Name That Trek, the weekly quiz where you have to guess a character from the following audio clip. Fascinating. Yes, it's time for Name That Trek. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been initiated yet, uh, Name That Trek is our weekly quiz where you have the chance to win a Star Trek DVD box set of your choice. So uh, how you do this is we play uh, five audio clips to you uh, where you have to name each character from that audio clip. Uh, you'll get one point for every character that you get correct. And also, if you can then name the episode from the uh, clip that we play afterwards, that is worth three points. And we run our competition over a ten-week period, so if uh, you are at the top of the table at the end of the ten weeks, you get to pick your DVD box set from any season of any series that you want. So, it can be anything from all the way from TOS all the way up to Enterprise. That's a great prize. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Hopefully our Season 1 winner has received his prize by now. So, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> just waiting to hear back from him. I <laughs> ages ago. 
<laughs> so, uh, but still, so, uh, yeah, uh, I tell you what, the best way to uh, describe how to play is probably to let you listen to last week's clips. So, let's give it a go. Vessel of some kind? I can see you're not serious about these talks. You should have been looking at my eyes. Thank you, sir. I have to find Jetsia. All hands, this is the bridge. Emergency evacuation deck five. How many torpedoes do we have left? Eleven. Arm four of them. Stand by to open the launch doors. We're going to deploy them like mines. Hi, Captain. Tom, I need your finesse. Let the Krenum get within 5,000 meters of us. No problem. Keep moving. Quickly. Please move quickly. Warning. Structural collapse in three minutes. Torpedoes armed and ready. They're within range. Tuvok, do it. Think you got on there, guys? Well, I wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> I I struggled a little. Uh, I think I've got. I've definitely got the episode. Um, and I think I might have two characters. Yeah. But I did. So I did struggle a little this week. Okie dokie. Okay. So characters. I think we have one of those is Harry Kim. Mm-hmm. One of them is. Uh, Captain Edward Jellicoe. Mm-hmm. And do you want the episode? No, not from that. No, oh, you don't, don't want no. no, don't worry. <laughs> and um, yeah, the the episode was uh, Year of Hell from Voyager. Oh, oh, the, I thought you were going to give me the uh, episode from Jellicoe's quote. Well, I could do. I could do. It was Chain of Command, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Chain of Command, uh, parts one and two. But you know, the the episode was was uh, Year of Hell from Voyager. It was indeed. It was indeed. And I'll tell you what, we got one entry this week, and uh, for last week rather, and the entrant, which was Trekkie Girls, uh, actually, um, well, Sam from Trekkie Girls, and she managed to actually get every single character plus the episode name and told me every episode that the sound clips were taken from. Wow. So that is outstanding. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well she gets on this one. But, let's give you the answers. The first uh, character was Captain James T. Kirk. Oh. And the second character was Captain Jellicoe. Yeah, I knew that. I yeah. knew it was Jellicoe, yeah. 
And the third character was Vedek Burail. Ah, here is a little love thing. Yeah. Yes. And the fourth character was Malcolm Reed. Oh. And the fifth character was Harry Kim. Okay. So, so I got I, I got the two characters. You did get the two characters. Yeah. And the uh, episode name was obviously Year of Hell. Yes. So very well done. It was a long clip, but uh, it was a, a dead giveaway. And if you're a Voyager fan. Yeah, dead giveaway when they mentioned the Krenum. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if you just stop listening for two seconds and miss the name of the uh, species. You struggle with that, yeah. Great, great, great episodes, though. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, hope you guys got on uh, well with that one. Uh, and so since you've listened uh, to last week's clips and you've now got a good idea how to play... Let's take a listen to this week's clip. I think you got him. Really a beautiful ship. Where no man has gone before. In my judgment, it did. We've never harmed you. How do you reckon you got on there, guys? I reckon I've got you. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, a little cautious. I always like to uh, keep my cards close to my chest. I'll have a few more listens, and uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. I tell you, I tell you what, Mark. Most of the listeners are probably like yourself, uh, so let's give them one more listen. Yeah, let's do it. I think you got them. Really, a beautiful ship. Where no man has gone before. In my judgment, it did. Never harm you. Is that any better for you? Maybe, maybe, but uh, I'll I'll reserve uh, giving my answers until next week. I'll have to listen to that a few more times. I think. That's it. I'll have to see how both you and Paul get on. <laughs> I'm, 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 I don't know. <laughs> don't stumble too much, there, Paul. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the. Uh, I tell you what, though, even if you've only got one character from there, what can really boost your points is if you guess this episode. Why are you here? To please you. Are you real? As real as you wish. Oh, no. No, that's not any answer. I've never met you before. I never even imagined you. Perhaps they made me out of dreams you've forgotten. But and dressed you in the same metal fabric they wear? Well, I have to wear something, don't I? Or I can wear whatever you wish. Be anything you wish. So they can see how this specimen performs? They want to see how I react, is that it? Don't you have a... A dream, something you've always wanted very badly. Or do they do more than just watch me? Do they feel with me, too? You can have whatever dream you want. I can become anything, any woman you, you've ever imagined. You can have anything you want in the whole universe. Let me please you. Now you must have got that. Oh, I know. That's that. Well, yeah, it's that one, isn't it? Yeah. 
Whoopsie doodle. Yeah, it very it very much is. So it is that one, yeah. Yeah. So since you guys now have your answers, you need to send them to us. So here's just, how you do it. What, Paul? Can I just tell you now? No, no, you can't tell me now. You're out no. of the running. You're still in our <laughs> bad books. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to send your entries via email, send them to trekmate1701 at gmail.com. If you want to send them to us on Facebook, make sure it's a private message and you can find us by just looking up Trekmate on Facebook. Also, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Trekmate1701 on Twitter. Make sure it's a direct message. Don't send it via uh, the uh, normal tweet method. But if uh, to send a direct message, you do need to be following us. Uh, sorry, we do need to be following you, yes. rather. So... Um, if we aren't following you, give us a little nudge. We'll follow you back, and then you can send your guesses in to us. And if anyone does feel the need to get in contact to us uh, with us via Skype, uh, you can leave a voicemail on there. We are Trekmate1701 on Skype. So, everyone, get your answers in. It's only on week uh, four for uh, Name That Trek, so there's still plenty to play for. And if you get a couple of good weeks, you'll soon rock it right out them at that table. So, Mark, we haven't yet got an audio clip. Okay. So, still, Paul, have you uh, you've warmed up your vocal cords? Pardon? You've warmed, you warmed up warmed? your warmed up your vocal cords. Oh, what did you want me to sing? Oh, Paul, it's time to stump. The Quizmaster stump. The Quizmaster stump. 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 The Quizmaster. That was pretty good. I thought. Why knew had some sort of echo going on? I thought that was pretty cool. Oh dear. Well, either way, we've managed to get it for it. It's over for one more week, listeners. We might have a sound clip for next week. So, Mark. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah, that's the thing. You, 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 I know you take sadistic joy in watching us squirm. I do. So uh, it's about time that we also uh, like put entered smug mode. <laughs> Yay! So I'll give you your first question. Now I've got a couple of people that I can actually uh, pick from here. Okay, I'll we've had some more sent in, have we? Yeah, we've had a couple more. I'll give you your first one from Cena. Okay. Okay, then. Cena has wrote... This question uh, is from the Voyager episode Counterpoint. And she writes... What were the Devore looking for in Counterpoint? Uh, They were looking for telepathic species. They were very well done, Mark. Yes. Very well, well done, Cena. That was hard. The Devor <laughs> Imperium, I think it was. Devor Imperium. It was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. They were looking for for telepaths, and some of the telepaths on the ship they were hiding. Were they hiding them in, inside transporter beams? I think they were, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yes, yeah. Okay, then. Got one more from Colin. Okay. Okay, then. In Devil's Jew. What myth- mythical creature do we see? 
Ooh, uh, it's a Klingon uh, sort of creature, isn't it? I think. Mm. Um, although, although uh, we see that, but then uh, it plays different characters. I think it, they've got this creature has different disguises. Um, I wonder if he is getting at the Klingon one or if he's asking for the generic name of the creature. I think he's looking for the... Well, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I can't remember off the top of my head. Has he not given the answer? He has. Oh, okay. Uh, You're not sure which one it is? No. Uh, Yeah... I know there's there's a Klingon sort of beast thing. Um, mm-hmm. Fekla. Very well done, Mark. Is that right? It's Fekla. That is correct. Excellent. But there was the 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 creature that appears, or the alien who. This it's a woman. As a she's a sort of con artist, isn't she? And she appears. As yeah. another creature, but she said she has other. She's known under other names, and Feklar was one of them. But I can't remember what the the name. That was a good episode, that. Her name. It is. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one. Yeah. Good yeah. One. Definitely, that was a good. That was a really enjoyable one. And um, we've got. So you're two for two at the moment. Hey, that's sort of uh, making up a little bit from last week, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. And we'll finish off with one that has come from Tony Shelley. Okay, thank you, Tony. Okay, and he writes, "It's a nice, it's a nice one for you to finish off on, Mark." Okay. How many lights are there? <laughs> there are four lights. Spot on. Because <laughs> well, so I asked you this question only a few weeks ago, so. Yeah. 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 There are four lights. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, Episode that love that. Brilliant. So thank you. I think that makes me three for three. So this week you have failed to stump the quizmaster. Better luck next time. Yeah, better luck next time, guys. If you think that you've got what it takes to stump the quizmaster, what can they do, Mark? They can uh, please send this via email only, because I do have access to the Twitter account, so I will see any direct messages. So if you think you you can stump the quizmaster, please send your question and your answer to checkmate1701 at gmail.com Yeah, please do, because otherwise Mark's just going to be so smug all week. Smug mode (laughs) engaged. (laughs) Oh dear, still, hopefully we can uh, perform just as well as you did, Mark. I doubt it somehow. Well, let's see, shall we? It's time for this. Time for the Trek Off! Okay, it's that time again. It's time for the Trek Off. Now, as regular listeners will know, and new listeners will soon find out, here at Trekmate, we love to play games. Oh, we do. Yes, yes, yes. And if you like to play games too, then head on over to Twitter and follow at Trek Trivia for your weekly dose of Star Trek Trivia, the Trek Off, powered by at Trek Trivia. 
Right, so if I remember rightly, the last show that you were on, Paul, I think you won the trek off. He did, yeah. He did, All which right, means that you get the choice of whether you go first or Wayne goes first. Wayne can go first, thank you. Okay. Okay, yeah, no, I've worked out our current tally at the moment, Paul. Uh, oh, yeah, what is it? You're on six, I'm on four. Oh, brilliant. So I can actually still get away with losing two for a draw. Oh, Obviously, well, no, this is just continuing. Huh? So th- this is just continual, so you yeah. can build up an even bigger gap. <laughs> oh, all right, then. <laughs> right, okay. So this week I've tried to make these questions uh, technology-themed. As as I said a few weeks ago, I'm going to try and match the check-off questions to the topic of the week. So I have some technology-related questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Wayne, question one. Where was the EMH Mark One created? Oh, that was on... Was it Jupiter Station? Jupiter Station is correct. Yes. Brilliant. Well done. Well done. Nicely done. Yeah. Paul, question one. Which device on board a Borg ship inter- interconnected the minds of the drones? Oh. Uh. Uh. Um. Oh. I got a new Wayne's one. <laughs> um. Uh, I can't think. No, I, 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 Plexus is running around in my head for some reason. Central Plexus, but I don't think that is it. Um, no, I, I don't know, I'm afraid, on that one. I can't think of it. Do you know this one, Wayne? I can't offer the top of my head, but I try, I try and keep my brain clear for my question. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was a vinculum. Oh, bugger it. Cool. I wouldn't have got that. They lose the vinculum in one of the episodes, don't they? Yeah, There's one yeah. of the species tries tries to retrieve it from the ship. Yeah, I would yeah. not have got that. Oh, never mind. Oh, one up, Wayne. Okay. okay, Wayne, question number two. In the episode, The Quality of Life, Data discovered what devices which he believed were alive. Oh... You know what? I haven't seen this episode in quite a while. I've seen this episode in quite a while. I think Paul probably knows this because you've rewatched TNG fairly recently, haven't you? Yes. Okay. Pity it's not your question. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm glad that the uh, cards fell the way that they did. Otherwise, Paul would have been two one uh, two nil up. <laughs> okay. I do I do try to balance the questions quite fairly. So. Yeah. No. You do, you do. You really do. Um. Okay. Okay. If found something that I'm, I'm okay, I'm really struggling, struggling with this one, and I'm not going to ponder on it too much. Otherwise, I'm going to totally screw it up. Uh, he found. Mm, it's it's going to be something really. Small, really small. Uh, okay then. He, I don't know, a puddle of goo like Odo. <laughs> Do you know it, Paul? I think you might. I, 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 if I'm thinking of the right 
what, what I think I'm thinking of. I can't remember the name of them, but there was those little robot things that could automatically replicate any tool that they needed. Yes. That's the one. What were they Ex- called again? Exocomps. Exocomps, that's, that's it. That's right. It was quite tough finding technology questions, if I'm honest, trying to think yeah. of things. Yeah. <coughs> okay, Paul. So, second question for you. Data had what type of brain? Positronic. Positronic, yes. An easy one there for you. A little mercy question for you. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, Wayne. I question number three. Which weapons were introduced by the Federation in the 2370s? I'm glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> 2370s. Quantum torpedoes? Quantum torpedoes, of course it was. Yeah. Excellent. They, they, they were always photon torpedoes before that, and then all of a sudden, I think it was in DS9, yeah. and it was suddenly fire, quantum torpedo, and you thought, what? What's I love the quantum torpedo. Yeah. Much shinier yeah. than the red ones. Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. Well done. So that's... 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Two one. Two one. So, we might be oh, in a... Uh, oh. I hate it when I've got to get this to win. No, it's tie. Oh, yeah, it's so tie. that's what I mean. I hate it when I've got one left to tie, and then I don't yeah. know if I've got... Yeah, no pressure. Okay. Which device was invented by Emery Erickson? Who? Emery Erickson. Uh, okay. Now, Emery Erickson. I'm glad I didn't get this question. <laughs> uh... Now, it was... Is it... Eh. It's the transporter, was it? No, no, it was What? Well, you're saying was it. Well, I can't tell you if it was or it wasn't unless you're going to tell me if that's your answer. Uh, Something's telling me it is, but, like, not, like... 100%. A hundred percent. Oh bugger it! Yeah, let's go for the transporter. It was the transporter. <gasps> no, it was. It was. There's the. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the episode name, but uh, it's an Enterprise. He's the guy in the wheelchair. He's Archer's old friend. Comes just, aboard with his daughter. I haven't seen those for about nine years. Enterprise one. Oh, oh. oh no. Right. Oh dear. I'm never good at the. Time is this like a who can answer the quickest sort of one, or is it just one? Yes. No, no, no. It's uh, fastest finger first. So let me just. Oh, I like these. Let I'm me not, find really a question. So bear with me a moment. Talk amongst yourselves while I find a one that's a nice, quick. Oh dear. Okay. Well, well done, Paul. On on your first state bank, you've already managed to do well on the track off. We well, have some tough questions there as well. Uh... Oh dear. So, yeah, <laughs> are you are you going to be joining us again later in the week, Paul? I might do. I might drop in. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Raw. One question to go. One question to decide it all. Okay, I've got one. Okay. 
So, uh, yeah, if you just shout out your name. Paul. You know it. Not yet. Not Sorry. Yet. Okay. The M113 creature had an insatiable appetite for what? Wayne. No, uh, he didn't. Wayne. Yes, Wayne. Didn't have an insatiable appetite for Wayne, but uh, what was it? Okay. Was it like energy and they use like phaser beams? No. Oh. I can throw this one over to you, Paul. Oh, okay. Um, um, Repeat the question. The M113 creature had an insatiable appetite for what? Uh, I didn't know. I thought it was just worth a guess. Uh, salt? It is salt. From TOS. Yeah. You get... <laughs> I just remember it looking really frail. I, 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 again, it's another one that I haven't it's, seen for ages, but I just... sort of shaggy hair. Yeah, my hands are off. Sucky mouth. Yes. Cannot suck the salt out of a human body, yeah. Believe it. <laughs> oh, oh, I've won, haven't I? He's done you again. Oh, no. Oh, well, and I've performed so well. <laughs> oh, no, well, it, it, was, it was a good match. Good, good a, game all round. Good game all round. That was a very good, uh, very good match. Well done. Yeah, well done, Paul. So. Your uh, victory, victory on your first show back. So well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, good to be back. <laughs> you do remember how this works, don't you, Paul? Oh shit! Yes, and that's Trekmate. Is that what I was meant to do? <laughs> yes. In times of need, we all need a helping hand. Someone to care, someone to love and understand. From the stars so far away, he has come. With a smile on his face, that's brighter than the sun. You know he's gonna make it